0: This is The Cottage Podcast, with a focus on cottage life in Ontario. Welcome to The Cottage Podcast. I'm Mike, there's Brian.
1: I'm Brian, that's Mike.
0: And uh, this is episode number two. If you uh, caught the first very brief one, you know what the show's about, but we'll give you a brief overview of what we're doing with
1: it right now. Brian, over to you. Well, this is The Cottage Podcast. It's about cottage life. It's about finding all the right things for your cottage, from toys to maintenance to contractors to the whole nine yards. It's also about how to buy a cottage and I think earlier today
0: yeah this afternoon we had a chat with Greg McGinnis he's from the Cottage Country team Chestnut Park Realty and uh, let's share that because very interesting indeed
1: yeah he answered some really key questions for me anyway about uh, about buying my first cottage and and what I should look out for because I was into off-grid stuff and he brought up some pretty interesting points about that
0: well, one of the main parts of cottaging, of course, Brian, is uh, you know having a cottage. Mm-hmm. And some people start off with a small cottage or just a property, and they build a cottage. And some people start big and stay big with their cottage. And we're going to get sort of a handle on this by tapping into the Cottage Country Team uh, Realty, Chestnut Park Realty, and we're speaking with Greg McGinnis. He is uh, one of the sales reps with Chestnut Park and an expert on uh, what is happening with real estate in cottage country. Thanks for joining us, Greg. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Well, this is uh, an interesting time for real estate uh, in in people's primary homes. But uh, certainly, it is uh, often a mystery to us as we leave the city, what is happening with real estate uh, in the markets. And uh, I just wonder, what have you seen over the last year, let's say, with the trends in cottage real estate?
2: well in cottage country the real estate market has been really good for the last couple of years um it's kind of interesting because it, it's kind of um uh, a little bit different than in in the city when when things started to soften there is when things started to really pick up in cottage country um after the the great recession i guess we'll call it um things took a while to rebound in cottage country it wasn't really until 2013-2014, uh, before we started seeing prices higher than 2007-2008 numbers, mm-hmm. um, but then things started to, to take off. In 2017, um, in, in Halliburton and Muskoka, we saw growth in excess of 15% uh, in terms of year-over-year average house prices, or average cottage prices, uh, I should say and um, uh, that continued into 2018 it wasn't quite as strong as 2017. Uh, 2017 was a banner year uh, but we did see uh, average uh, uh, waterfront uh, cottages prices go up about five percent mm. in 2018 wow. and so far it looks like it's going to be a really strong uh, spring again.
0: Is Sorry, is that, uh, so now that's 5% in the last one year compared to what rise in uh, value the year before?
1: 15. Wow. 15 in 2017, yes.
0: That's remarkable.
1: Greg, I got a question for you. Um, Yeah. Brian here. Uh, So some of us, uh, you know, the entry-level cottage thing is something that a lot of people are talking about. Um, You know, people are living in smaller condos in Toronto. And uh, they're thinking that they can save some money and and get themselves a beautiful cottage up in cottage country. Can you please explain to the listeners maybe perhaps some of the pitfalls that they might encounter when they're buying their starter cottage? And I'm talking about I've got some friends, for example, that went out and they looked at at off-grid cottages. And that can be sort of a a tenuous game, I think, for a lot of people as they're entering that marketplace. Can you maybe tell some people what uh, what they have to look out for when they're buying their their first cottage? And I'm talking about a, a lower value, not the big. Multi-million-dollar cottage they'll find on uh, on Rosso or or, or Muskoka or Joe or, or anything like that.
2: Yeah, well, a- absolutely. I mean, of course, from my perspective, um, the, the first thing you want to do is have a really good real estate agent that that um, that is looking out for you. And, Excellent uh, plug, representing Greg. Representing your interest. <laughs> But um, I mean, there's a there's a lot of things. Obviously, um, in, in cottage country. Uh, a lot of the, the, the buildings you're looking at and the structures you're looking at will be older if you're looking at um, um, in that price range, and that price point as more starter cottage. Um, and they're, uh, as such, a lot of those will be um, not uh, built to uh, kind of present day mm-hmm. building codes and that sort of thing. Uh, so you're you're going to want to look. I mean, uh, and th- and there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers up in cottage country too, especially especially um, with older cottages that were built in say the '70s, '80s, uh, that sort of thing. So you you really want to take a close look at the structure and um, everything from the the plumbing to the wiring. Make sure it's all copper wiring. Uh, uh, right. The insulation factors all that kind of stuff um, just to make sure that it is a good quality build that you're looking at. And um, you also will got to think about, I mean, you can get a cheaper cottage uh, usually if you're on a three season row, but do you want to use that property year round? And if so, how are you going to get access to it? Um, What is your going to be the increase to your, uh, your, your, uh, insurance costs because there is no access during the winter is it going to be harder to get a lender there's there's a there's a host of questions um that you really have to, to think about when you're looking in that price
1: point understood yeah and then i know that there are all kinds of crazy bylaws in cottage country so if someone does buy an off-grid cottage and they don't have hydro running into that um what happens then like are there are, are, are you know, by law, I think you're supposed to have hydro into your in, into your dwelling and things like that. But oh, I see people yeah. are going for this off grid thing uh, and they think that it's a, you know, a great way to go. What are your thoughts on going off grid for a first time cottage owner? Well, I mean, uh, it's it's tough for, for I mean, it, I
2: don't have anything against off grid cottages if you know what you're dealing with. Um, I, I mean, we just represented a sale. Uh, last year of an island property uh, that was off-grid um, but you know there's solar panels and batteries and uh, propane um, and all this sort of things and you really know have to have to be handy and know how to operate those mm-hmm. systems well um, and if you're if you're not so handy uh, getting someone out there to help you if something goes wrong uh, is, is a lot more difficult because sometimes the access is not uh, not as easy and that sort of thing um so it could become a real uh pain for you if if, if you're if you're not a handy person you're not familiar um with those types of uh properties All right. so just just be cautious going in and uh, know what you're getting into
1: no, i think that's great information for the listeners and i have one more question before i i pass this back to mike um, real estate, uh, people in- involved in real estate, they serve more than one purpose. And I'm, you know, it's you buy houses off people in real estate and they sell houses and cottages and properties for you. But there are other things that I think real estate agents, especially in cottage country, can help with. And I'm talking about cottage maintenance, um, where to find the right trades, where to find uh, um, whether it's a cleaning lady, whether it's a window washer, whether it's property maintenance. Um, even, a, a, even
0: if it's a restructuring or yeah. somebody architecturally. Yeah. yeah. So
1: so do you have a problem with people calling you up and saying, hey, uh, Greg, I, I need a window cleaner or Greg, I need a landscaper. Can you help me?
2: absolutely not um that's something that happens all the time and and we're always happy to share what knowledge we have on the local trades and and who is good and who who does a good job and can get there quickly and uh, get things done and or uh do it for a reasonable price and all that sort of stuff um we're we're the ones that are there year-round so 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 we know that and we know that um, people that are up there just on the weekends it's hard for them to uh arrange all that especially when it's uh don't know um, the local contacts and stuff because it is not their full full full-time residence so we're always uh, uh, happy to help people out with that
0: well you raise a good point Brian and uh, Greg because essentially when part of the risk at least a percentage of the risk in getting a cottage is not knowing what you're getting into and it is not where you live you're not familiar with the people uh, you know the the bylaws as you point out to have uh, somebody in real estate who handles that knowledge specifically uh, I guess, is what cuts you apart from just using a realtor in Toronto to find a cottage.
2: Yes, and there's there's a, a lot of other things too. Um, I mean, buying a, a cottage in, in cottage country or a property in cottage country, uh, there's a lot of different things that, city agents aren't necessarily uh, knowledgeable about there's shore road allowances there's private roads there's there's a whole host of factors that uh people need to be aware of and and um and uh have knowledge of um that a city agent may not necessarily know so so it is always better to to go local in
0: my opinion well greg we kind of scratched the surface on the uh, cottage industry of buying cottages see what i did there guys Okay, (laughs) (laughs) but we would love to have you back at some point in the near future uh, to delve into uh, specific markets and uh, just you know increase our knowledge of what's happening in real estate in Cottage Country. Thanks for joining us. Where can people reach you, Greg? Uh, They
2: can reach me um, uh, at at cottagecountryteam.com. That is our website. Um, Or they're willing uh, if they wanted to give me a call at seven zero five. 854-2111 854-2111 or at greg at greg com. that's g-r-e-g at g-r-e-g m-c-i-n-n-i-s dot com.
0: I'll give you the number again 705 854 greg mcginnis thank you so much for your time and uh, happy living in cottage country.
2: Uh, oh well thank you for having me it was a
0: pleasure.
1: Talk again soon Greg take care.
0: Okay thank you. Well, from real estate to resorts, we make the transition right now. How was that for a segue, bud?
1: It was pretty good. All it right, was pretty good. Was and speaking of proud. resorts, yeah, we spoke to someone from the Deerhurst Resort, which is a very famous resort in uh, Central Ontario. Um, north of uh, the big city of Toronto and uh, some people might remember Deerhurst Resort as being the place where Shania Twain got her start so I'll throw that out there.
0: Entirely.
1: Yeah and um, and tell them a little bit more about it.
0: Michael. Well it's the pride of Huntsville after all and uh, in fact they have something coming up on the weekend of March 22nd if you're a Blues fan now well, you're not going to want to miss this. We had a chance to speak to Laura Kennedy about this from Deerhurst Resort. Well, Brian, you can't lie to me. I know you're a fan of the blues.
1: I am indeed a fan of the blues.
0: Well, you're going to love this entirely because coming up at Deerhurst this weekend, DeerhurstResort.com for details, is the Muskoka Blues Weekend. This is a great lineup of talent uh, at a wonderful resort. And uh, tickets of all kinds of varieties. We'll talk about the different packages you can get. But uh, I thought it would be a lot of fun if we could just get a little closer to this event for a minute and focus in on it. Joining us is Laura Kennedy from Deerhurst Resort. Hi, Laura. Hi there. Thanks for joining us to talk about this. Our pleasure. Now, this is a wonderful looking event. Describe Muskoka's Blues Weekend to us.
3: Well, really, it's an evolution of a, of a weekend that we've hosted for um, a couple of years now um, featuring a local, a, a local ensemble of some incredible talent that's here in Muskoka. They're called the Muskoka Blues Connection and they're headed up by Tobin Spring, who is an extremely talented um, musician, singer, songwriter, uh, very well known in in uh, our area. And uh, then I mean, there's about 10, I believe... Um, other band members that are joining him and uh, so they've performed at the resort uh, in March for the last couple of years and then we thought this is too good um, just to have it as a one night only event so um, it's a full weekend uh, package and the second night the Saturday night the 23rd is um, the Stevie Ray Vaughan uh, experience which oh. is a tribute to uh, yeah SVR.
0: I have to tell you the guy who does the tribute looks a lot like a young Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's quite he remarkable. Does, doesn't
3: he? <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard I haven't heard him yet. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but I've heard that he's um he's pretty awesome that he's
1: that he's nailed it. What what's his name by the way? Dave Ryan. Dave Ryan.
0: Well, it looks to me like uh, he'll put on a heck of a Stevie Ray Vaughan show. I have a couple favorites I would be requesting, that's for sure. This is just one of a lot of events that Deerhurst does. I mean, I'm looking and, of course, snowshoeing through the woods looks wonderful. And, of course, even winter biking. Uh, You keep winter very interesting at the resort. This is just one of many events that you do. Let's talk about how Deerhurst is turning into an entertainment uh, center for people to visit.
3: Well, really, it's a legacy that we've um, we've had here at the resort since, uh, well, actually, before uh, the Shania Twain days at uh, our Vegas show, uh, which started in the '80s, and uh, that continued on for um, over 30 years, and. Uh, and what we do now is that we host um, special events and concerts all throughout the year. So we'll have, um, you know, we've had April Wine here several times. We've had um, Jim Cuddy performs um, you know, every December. And uh, we've welcomed, I mean, just about every group you can imagine, um in the Canadian music industry um, practically here. And uh, then we also do culinary events. We've had uh, most recently Chef Lynn Crawford and Michael Ooh. Smith and Chuck wow. Hughes and uh, Roger Mooking. And then we also do a comedy. Uh, it's become a tradition to do a comedy weekend um, every winter. So, um this is lots We've had of fun. Steve Patterson yeah. and Shama Jumder and Brent Butt and. Um, no, bunch yeah, of those guys. So so
1: do I. We have a lot of
3: fun. <laughs> oh,
1: that's uh, great. Uh, Laura, I have a, I have a question for you about the, the, the blues weekend because uh, I myself, I love to play music um, and I started out playing in blues bands when I was a much younger, more attractive <laughs> man. Um, the, <laughs> what I wanted to. You weren't supposed to laugh at it, Laura. <laughs> right. Decades it just, and decades now, people. Just, stoically, you should have just taken that one, but I appreciate it anyway. <laughs> uh, the. Uh, um, it's not the first time I've been laughed at uh, but no th- what I'm getting at is uh, you guys have this great blues festival and as a player myself is there do you guys do an open mic there where people can get up and and, and join some of the players on an evening well, or um-
3: yeah, on Saturday afternoon, and this is a new thing for us this year, and we're excited about it uh, to see, um, you know, how it how it takes shape. We're having live, like, a jam session uh, on the Saturday afternoon from 1 to 5, and uh, that's going to be led by uh, Tobin. Spring and, and friends, um, but yeah, we're inviting musicians to come and just um, just join in. Um, and I also think that it, it's going to be a lot of fun just to see where the music goes.
0: Yeah, it'll be a jam. If you don't play. That'll yeah. be a great jam. Oh,
3: love yeah, we have that. a lot of talented people uh, in Muskoka, and we're hoping that uh, you know many of our o- overnight guests from the from the GTA will join in as well.
0: Oh, that's so cool! And of course, they're there for that reason. And many of them, if you if you appreciate the blues. There's a percentage of those people that just naturally are musicians. You know, musicians love the blues.
1: I'm going to just jump in for one second here, Laura. Just to to Mike's point, I'm going to tell you, as a guy that's lived in Toronto for the last 30 years pretty much, I watched the music scene in Toronto sort of go down to almost nothing. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned.
0: Especially blues.
1: I'm noticing a really vibrant music scene up north. And I'll give you an example. I went up north in October to close a guy's cottage. And he said... It was Saturday night. He goes, let's go to the bakery. And we went to the bakery and there were 50 people in the bakery with instruments. Everybody was a player and they sat and they played songs in a massive song circle. And these were talented people. There was a flautist from the symphony, right? There were uh, Mm -hmm. music teachers. There were all kinds of people up there that really want to play music. So it's a cool scene, way cooler than I think people are giving it credit for. In
0: that sense, it's really great that Deerhurst is giving musicians there this opportunity to flourish and uh, catch the eyeballs. Let's brag for a couple of seconds about Deerhurst since you were so nice to talk to us about this. Tell me all about Deerhurst. We are headed to spring. What are some of the plans you've got, Laura?
3: My goodness, how long do you have?
0: Uh,
3: yeah, it's, uh, yeah we're, I mean, it's transition time up here in Muskoka. And um, certainly coming into uh, right now, it's maple syrup season. Oh yeah. So uh, Deerhurst has its own uh, sugar shack, which produces about a uh, thousand liters of maple syrup every year. So of course our um, our executive chef, whose name is uh, Rory Golden, so it fits the maple theme uh, perfectly. <laughs> um, he puts together a um, an amazing uh, three course uh, maple dinner oh. menu. So Ooh. if you're up in the area um, between now and the end of April, definitely try out the maple menu.
0: That sounds wonderful. Yeah.
3: Oh. And then, uh, as soon as May comes, I mean, I mean, during this time of year, it's certainly a great time for you know going to the spa, as you'd mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting out. There's still snowshoe trails. We still have a couple feet of snow on the ground
0: up here. Oh, that's great. it's
3: great. Yeah, and uh, no, it's awesome. And uh, then, so snowshoeing. Uh, uh, transforms into uh, hiking, and then we also have our, our stables where you can go horseback riding and uh, visit oh, the petting cool. farm. So there's there's always lots of things to do, and you know what? And even going into uh, neighboring um, Huntsville, downtown Huntsville mm-hmm. is always a treat, and it's something that we uh, we highly recommend. Um, along um, as well as going to the uh, Muskoka Brewery. Um, they have tours uh, as well. And, uh, they're let's shout them out, by the way. Partner.
0: Let's shout them out. They're the uh, sponsor of the Mus- Muskoka Blues Weekend, so you they should yeah, mention that as well.
3: They're our official uh, beer partner, so um, they'll have uh, lots of craft beer there, as they always do here at the resort. We actually have our own um, beer that Muskoka Brewery developed for us uh, called Deer Tail Ale. Ooh. So you, um, you when you come to Deerhurst, you have to have a Deer Tail
0: Ale. All right, duly noted. Duly indeed, noted on indeed. the deed. Yeah, duly noted on the Deer Tail Ale. I like the way <laughs> I like to say it. Even I
3: know. So do I. It's even more fun to drink.
0: Indeed, it is. I'll bet. All right. Well, this is awesome, Laura. Thanks for joining us. Where can people find out more about Deerhurst and uh, what's happening this weekend?
3: Uh, Deerheartsresort.com, just go to the events section. Uh, You can buy a weekend pass, which is what we'd recommend to have the most fun, or you can purchase tickets for um, the Friday night concert or the Saturday night concert or the weekend package. Just come, stay, and play.
1: Awesome.
0: All right, Blues fans. Well, that is a wrap on number two of The Cottage Podcast. We hope that you'll subscribe. Reach out to us if you'd like on the socials at The Cottage Podcast on the Insta and Twitter. And of course, we'll be back next week with another episode of The Cottage Podcast. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Mike. Be sure to subscribe to The Cottage Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio or visit us at thecottagepodcast.com. The Cottage Podcast was recorded at the Best Media Podcast Studios in Toronto. For more information about podcasting, visit thebestmedia.com.